Welcome to I'm Anxious About, a podcast where two friends commiserate about our respective anxieties on a new topic each week. I'm Christopher Mitchell. And I'm Allison Green. And today we are anxious about being on time. feel like I'm trying to pass a pop quiz reading that without making a mistake. (laughs) It's not reading it, actually, because I don't even have it written in front of me. It's just speaking it out loud. But it's just like every word feels more consequential than the next. It's very so so far. You've got 100% on your quiz, right? Your quiz is. Yep. I I have a pretty good batting average so far, but it still fills me with a slight bit of peril (laughs) each time. (laughs) Even though the consequence is repeat that sentence, I still feel like really nervous, like a teacher just called on me in class and I have to like read a passage. (laughs) If it makes you feel any better, I literally have a Google Doc up in front of me, which I read the intro off of. So I don't experience what you're experiencing. (laughs) (laughs) That would be the logical solution to my problem. But common sense is not so common, especially with me. (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to say touche and agree with that because that makes me feel like, yeah, you you have no common sense, Allison. So I will not agree. But um, I I agree with the statement generally, just not necessarily directed at you. Okay, so today we are anxious about being on time. And I think it's probably worth mentioning that we both, despite our best efforts, ended up hopping online about three minutes late, which I would say is our average, would you? Yeah. I think we tend to do things within a five minute window. Right. I feel like that's a reasonable window, right? Oh, yeah. Like for me, five minute window doesn't really veer in either direction of being like rude or whatever. You know, to me, everyone gets a five minute buffer, including myself. Yeah, I respect that. I think that's a that just strikes me as a very like understanding way to live. And in North America, like that five minute buffer is not necessarily guaranteed Uh, Whereas when I lived in Turkey, you had about a five hour buffer and it was just like, show up. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exist. (laughs) Yeah, just exist. So I think today's episode will be good. It's something we have alluded to in previous episodes. We've talked about how stressed out both of us can be as far as being on time in our episode and meeting new people. We talk about this at length, go on a pretty descriptive tangent in the episode on airports and also public transportation i'm pretty sure we went on a verbal bender there (laughs) verbal bender i lost that term yeah uh, i think we did so we've had a few verbal benders that could just describe this podcast to be quite honest (laughs) yeah but you know people tune in because it's it's worth it the the bender they're willing to have the hangover from the verbal bender (laughs) (laughs) so the the first thing i thought would be great to start off with and this is because i love giving people a behind the scenes of what it's like to be us so i wanted to mention that somebody reached out to me today from cbc and that's the canadian broadcasting Corporation. for those who don't know they're reaching out because they wanted an interview with yours truly potentially this upcoming sunday so that this will get released on thursday so in live time this coming sunday if you're listening to it live for an episode of fresh air uh, on CBC, and they wanted to talk about this podcast. And so, super cool. Firstly, yeah, very, very cool, extremely humbling. But the reason I'm going to tie this back into the back end for us is because I messaged you and I was like, so that they reach out with the contact form. And the contact form, like, did you get an email? And you're like, no, I didn't get an email. And so we explored that a little bit more. Do you want to talk about where that led us? Oh, God. Down just the most Alice in Wonderlandian of rabbit (laughs) holes. Basically, my philosophy is done is better than perfect, but I apply that to like the extreme. And I finish (laughs) a project when I'm about 80% of the way done and hope no one notices. (laughs) That did not work in the case of this contact form because... Despite, I swear to God, I remember receiving a couple emails because they were all about penis enlargement. But then it just like, you know, it just withered up, so to speak. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, not, yeah, okay. All right. Those messages just totally shriveled up out of nowhere. It shriveled up like a cold day and went away. 
<laughs> okay, I'm five years old. Anyway, so then I mysteriously stopped getting emails, but of course did not investigate. And then realized when I checked some things today on the back end that they were just going to like a random inaccessible file that I basically had to pay a ransom of $40 to access. So I'm like, <laughs> sweet. I will pay $40 to solve this problem and just enter my credit card details and have the problem be solved, right? Wrong. Somehow when like updating that, it updated the plugin and then it erased all the messages. So they now just... They don't exist, which... They don't exist, which like maybe we had eight golden tickets to Willy Wonka on the Mm -hmm. Chocolate Factory. No, it would just be called the Chocolate Factory. What was this Chocolate Factory called? Yeah, I guess... Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. That was not important. (laughs) It felt important at the time. (laughs) But that led us on this tailspin where we were trying to fix our contacts for him. And like, we just ended up getting completely beguiled by this like strange default image of like a horse statue. (laughs) Person who spent like the better part of an hour trying to eliminate. And then I was like, you know, what would be a lot faster is just redoing this page completely. So now we have a functional contact form. This is all to say, but if we are late in responding to your queries, that's why, because Allison tried to do the old, you know, 80% done is a hundred percent done. Right. And it didn't work. Yeah. (laughs) One day I'll learn that lesson. (laughs) Yeah. And that, that sent me into an anxious tailspin because now I have to deal with the possibilities of what those, if one of those emails was the request for a radio interview, what were the other seven? So we can assume generally that we're probably dealing with a little bit of penis enlargement there and probably, probably some like strange propositions. But I will say, if you're a listener of this podcast and you've been trying to reach us for some incredible opportunity on our contact form and you were one of those seven emails that wasn't penis enlargement then we would encourage you to reach back out on our now working contact form and we'll get back to you. That's all I want to say. And and me putting that out there now, I can cross off the panic there because I know that I've publicly said what people can do if they didn't hear back from us. And uh, luckily, in the case of this interview, they reached out on our Facebook page, I'm Anxious About, and were able to contact me. The interview, I should say, is not it's not a lock yet. It's not a guarantee, but it looks like it will happen. And either way, incredibly humbled to have that opportunity. And I don't know. I mean, I, it feels incredible in a podcast like this when it can be easy when you're putting yourself so out there um, to feel like, I don't know, you, you feel vulnerable, right? And, and mm-hmm. I feel like every time somebody reaches out to, I don't know, applaud us, in a way, it sort of validates that this was the right decision and that mm-hmm. I can feel less vulnerable and less worried and more like more every day, like this was such a good decision and the right decision, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, that's super cool. Really excited to hear that news. And hopefully we haven't missed anything too exciting in our inbox, but I'm 95% sure it's all just, you know, random spam and like cryptocurrency and yep. chatbots and whatnot the usual but uh but if as we said if it wasn't you feel you feel free to write you know reach right back out on our now functioning contact form now not featuring a terrifying horse <laughs> <laughs> I, I went to the page this morning and i was like hey Allison, what's up with the uh horse it was like a it's like a back image of this horse that was just standing there like generally yeah with no and this is the best part is eight people went to our contact page form saw a picture above the contact form of a horse and thought well i don't know how this applies to anxiety or allison and chris or the show but i'm going for it so thank you for the thank you for the persistence Oh dear, we are nothing if not professional. So in the interest of being professional, um, let me ask you how we're doing today and start to get this show on the road so that we won't Mm. be too late to this podcast. Chris, on a scale of one to sitting on a delayed subway car watching the minutes tick away as your friends wait for you, how are you doing today? I should first mention that of all the scales that you've given, this one is the most horrifying to me. Uh, (laughs) It is terrifying. 
I my I felt like my tone of voice get like very like I'm telling a campfire ghost tale to you. Yeah, no, and and that was like that is a ghost tale. Like if I was around a campfire and someone was like, and then the subway stopped, and there was like nothing shudder. more to it. Yeah, there was nothing more to it. There was no <laughs> there was no like comma and somebody popped out. Just the subway stop. That's it. Like, you still my heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Speak not the horror. <laughs> we need to write a Shakespearean dialogue of, of what this would look like in modern I mean, day. We basically are in real time. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yes. Let us uh, henceforth remember this moment. <laughs> so to, to actually address the, the question, I, I'm feeling all right today. I try to make sure that I'm just being honest with how I'm feeling because I think a big part of this show is letting people know that we do our best and we come from a place of trying to learn and trying to share what we know, but that doesn't mean we come from a place of perfection for sure. And so yesterday for me, was just a, a tough day. It just, we've talked before about one of those days where you wake up and just everything's a little bit off kilter. And then you, you sort of, you have a problem and then you, you have an underlying unease and then you just look to sort of validate that unease with events that happen throughout the day. And yeah. so in a lot of ways, you're, you're looking for things to pat on to that unease. And I think that's kind of what happened with this podcast. I feel a lot more equipped to actually look at those thoughts objectively. And I felt like I did a decent job of that, but it just wasn't a great day. And there's a bit of a hangover from that today. That being said, I did take some time last night to just do some things that I that mattered to me. And I, and I started a book that I've been put, holding off for a while. Um, the book's uh, by Sam Harris, and it's called Waking Up. And it's, uh, in short, it's, it's a guide to spirituality without religion, essentially. It's something that kind of fascinates me. And there was a line that really kind of took me out of it a little bit. And, and the line is just right at the beginning. And, and it says, you know, how we pay attention to the present moment largely determines the character of our experience and therefore the quality of our lives. And so I think a lot of my unease was based around the future and I wanted this now or that now, or I was looking for something that I, that was, it was all future based my anxieties and my unease. I think that quote helped me realize that like all I can really control is the present moment ever. And so to, to sort of recalibrate how I was feeling take a deep breath. And so I feel a bit better today, but probably still a four or a five to be honest with you, but that's okay. You know, I'm comfortable with that. Part of the reason that we have this podcast is because Every week, we're not going to be a one, you know, we're not going to be two, we're not going to be a 10, it's always going to change. And so, yeah, that's, that's my side of things. On a, a scale of one to, I totally forget the scale. How are you doing? So what was the scale? It was on a subway car and... Uh, on a scale of like one to on a delayed subway car, watching the minutes tick away. As your friends wait, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm doing all right. Let's put me at a four as well. I've had kind of an anxious week, but like a productive anxious week instead of like a lethargic anxious week. If, mm -hmm. if lethargic anxious is possible, <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like <laughs> I've that. It's basically, um, like my, my two main adjectives put into one human being. <laughs> so it's been the more productive side of things which is good because that helps me assuage my anxiety a little bit and that's one of those words that I always see but never say so if I mispronounce that I am aware that I don't know how to say that word I don't I, assuage assuage I, I've, yeah. I've heard it the thing is, I've heard it pronounced a number of different ways, but anytime someone said it, they've said it with such conviction that I'm just convinced that however I was <laughs> saying it wasn't correct. Yeah, I couldn't muster any false sense of conviction. So okay. anyway. I believe you for what it's worth. <laughs> yeah, basically just kind of feeling, you know, the quarantine blues a bit, a little antsy little bored, little this, little that, but nothing too spectacular on on anything. So, yeah, put me at a 4. I've had just a couple a couple pretty bad days that were like in the 6 to 7 range, but those are behind me and I'm coming down from that 6 to 7 range and settling into like a a nice steady 4, which hopefully will be down to like a 3 or a 2 soon. Yeah, the truth is that all we can control is today 
anyways, right? So exactly. That's that's all we got. So I think it's good that you're feeling all right today. Yeah. And our combined yeah. score today is like a eight or a nine, which is okay because I think generally speaking, the last couple of weeks we've had some ups and downs, but they've been lower. So yeah, I was hit really hard this week by the news of Ruth Bader Ginsburg passing. I spend like literally one whole day just sobbing intermittently. And so then kind of coming down from that anxious tailspin has taken the better part of a week. So I just wanted to take a minute to say fucking love you, Ruth, miss you. And, you know, just you were a blessing to us while you were on this earth. So, you know, thank you for everything you've done. And I miss her. Okay, I'm not going to talk about it anymore. I'm going to cry again. But yeah, um, yeah, I just wanted to um, take a quick moment to just pay some respect to a legend and one of my idols. It really, really sucks to see one of your idols pass away. It's a devastating feeling. And um, it's not until you lose someone that was like really important and informative to you that you realize just how important they were. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it really hit me in the gut when I read the news, I think, Saturday morning. And so, yeah, just kind of recovering from losing Ruth. Fair enough. I mean, she's she was a remarkable person. I have a tremendous amount of respect for her. Somebody who was so incredibly unapologetic and determined to express mm -hmm. her views. I mean, um, like a, a real... A genuine impact. I mean, I think probably one of those individuals that when you look at their life trajectory and all that was accomplished, probably can't even come close to summing it up in 10 seconds, 30 seconds, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, or, or however long you want. So uh, at the very least, though, I'm happy we're taking a moment to pay some respects there. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. And um, I think we can probably head into the episode a little bit today after our, our extended intro. It's ironic that, you know, we're almost 20 minutes in and we're a little on the late side of things, but we had a couple important sidetracks to get lost in before starting. So I think it's, it's all part of it. You know, yeah, it's episode 21 or 22. People are used to this by now, I would hope, unless it's your hope. first episode of which welcome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Welcome. You can decide if this is for you uh, or not. And, and that's all right. We won't judge you because we don't know you. And we also don't mind if you just slide down into the middle of the episode like I do with some podcasts. Yeah, exactly. And you're welcome I was for any portion of the ride. We just do not guarantee it will make sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, w I also wanted to use that when I mentioned that we don't mind because we don't know you. I did want to say that, uh, but we do know some of our listeners and you can find us in the We're Anxious About Facebook group. That's just you know, a good chance to put a plug in. It was a good chance. Well okay, done. Cool. Consider that plugged. That sounded weird. I'm going to cut that yeah. out. <laughs> editing power. <laughs> the power of editing. Although I think there, there is a decent part of me that wishes or hopes you leave it in, but that is your choice because we'll you're editing Yeah, We'll see how I feel come tomorrow when I am rushing to put this podcast out because we are very very late recording this yep but that's okay <laughs> so let's start i guess from the most obvious spot which is what about being on time makes you anxious or or at the very least you know the notion of being delayed or or that that cloud hanging over you of needing to be somewhere i guess just if you want to start by just like kind of speaking to how you relate to that or explore that and then we can go from there. Does that work? Yeah, totally. For me, I really hate being late. Being on time is incredibly important to me, primarily because I just think it's like kind of a matter of fundamental respect. I think that there is nothing more disrespectful than being a chronically late person. And I don't mean, you know, if there's something circumstantial that you were an hour late, but you know, it was kind of out of your hands. I'm talking about people who make it a habit of being like 30 plus minutes late all the time. I will cut people out of my life for that. Because frankly, like, I don't like wondering where people are and wondering how much longer I'm going to have to wait. Waiting can be physically painful for me. 
um, if I don't have like enough interesting things to get my head wrapped around and running in circles about. It's like a very horrible feeling where 10 minutes can feel like almost two hours. <laughs> so two, so actually being like one or two hours is like, okay, that was five whole days that passed. I'm now like a castaway and we'll never go home again. Uh, I really can't handle people being extremely late. And so I kind of imagine that for how others feel with me. But like, you know, obviously dealing on a slightly different spectrum because I would never let myself be an hour late because I'm always leaving my house like 40 minutes prior to what I would need to actually do to be on time so that situation A, B, C, and D could all work out perfectly and I will arrive like a comfortable three minutes ahead of schedule, but usually it's like 23 minutes ahead of schedule (laughs) and then I'm waiting awkwardly, which I also don't enjoy. So it's like trying to toe that balance of like, not being too early that you need to sit at the bar, strangely, in my mind. <laughs> Most people think you just sit at a bar normally. But in my, <laughs> in my opinion of myself, my presence at the bar is strange and beguiling and very <laughs> imposing on, you know, this, this establishment whose, you know, existence is serving me drinks. How dare I show up early for them? <laughs> They're so outraged. But I also don't like being late. So I really kind of, it causes me a lot of anxiety to sort of find that perfect middle ground of not being too early or too late. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I I resonate with a lot of that. I think, well, the first thing I'll mention is just as far as someone being late to meet you, it's hard to think of people who are quicker to fill in the blanks as far as narratives come than people with anxiety. If someone's six minutes late, you have constructed a very visceral and real narrative of why they're late and decided like something tragic might've happened. I mean, I <laughs> yeah. like if Brie is ever late for something and I message mm-hmm. her and she doesn't message me back, like it can send you into a bit of a tailspin. Oh yeah. It's just difficult. I, I hate being the person who's late as well. I mean, even just this past weekend, Brie and I were attending an outdoor wedding in Ottawa and we we're in a taxi, which missed a turnoff. And we could see that when he missed the turnoff on the uh, screen that was showing us the time that was going to take us to get there, our ETA went up 13 minutes and made us and made us basically go from like arriving on time to like showing up obnoxiously late. It literally took all my power not to have a, a childish meltdown in the back seat and be like, how can you do this? And, and this is something like literally in my childhood, there would be something which would happen. It would already be spilt milk. And instead of starting to turn my head around how I could sort of constructively clean this up, this, this milk, I would just be like, but why did the milk have to spill? You know, and just like kind of revisit that. And I think yeah, that's same. something I have to combat in my adulthood. Like literally I would, I started to get frustrated and Bree's like, you know, it's more about taking a deep breath to understand the consequence of the situation. So we may show up a moment or two late, perhaps. But at the same time, if I don't take a moment to take a deep breath, I'm going to show up two minutes late and frazzled. Yeah. (laughs) And so it's like, it's more just about being like, okay, well, the situation is what it is. I've accepted this for what it is. I mean, I'm not saying this has to be this magic thing where you get so good at understanding yourself that you're like, I'm late and now I'm fine. Like it's going to take a minute for you to come to terms with it, but it's more like, I know it's going to send me into a tailspin. So it's like, I'd like to be the pilot that pulls out of the tailspin because in the past I've just sort of proceeded to crash. Um, <laughs> and so I, I think that's where my mind goes with this and use an example there to show like it as usually happens when you create extensive narratives where things go horribly wrong we arrived and things were a little behind schedule and we even got to have a beer before the ceremony so (laughs) how (laughs) catastrophic yeah exactly isn't that how it always occurs forever changed by one ill-fated turn yes exactly yeah it's just (laughs) it's just funny it's funny now you now I collect these stories so that when the time comes for these episodes I can (laughs) dive in and we can discuss it So when I was living in New York, the subway system was so, so bad that there were all these delays and a train just like wouldn't show up. There wasn't even a point at looking at a schedule because there was no schedule. It's just like, we'll run what trains we have if they run, basically. (laughs) And so it's just like show up and just hope something shows up not too long after you show up. 
And so I'd always give myself a very ample buffer. But then at some point, I would become convinced that like my math was wrong and that I was going to be like fatally late. And so like I'd shoot a panicked text message before I'd like lose service running about five minutes late, which like, you don't need to announce that it's It's like, that's, that's inferred when you don't show up on time. But then I'd still show up like five minutes early. And then whoever I was meeting would be there and be like, Hey, I thought you were going to be late. I was like, Yeah, I did too. Whoops. And you're like, like, it's like you're 17 minutes early. <laughs> yeah, no, that has actually happened so many times because I would just way overestimate all the issues that would arise and totally think that I was going to be like evilly late and was actually <laughs> evilly? Evilly late. Ever... <laughs> what is evilly late? Like late with, with evil intentions? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. No, there's Okay, I got you. I have a couple of people that I'm like thinking of with like a shaking fist in my mind when I think of evilly late. I have a couple of people in my life who have been evilly late individuals who we don't communicate anymore. <laughs> yeah. But I guess you do hope they listen to this podcast so you can like I'm picturing you shaking a fist right now. Is that about right? Um I'm not because I'm lazy, but like mentally, yes. Okay, I thought you might just go along with me there, but... Okay, no, no, I, I took you literally. That's another okay. thing that I do too often is just, like, be extremely literal and then realize, oh, wait, that was a joke. Whoops. It's interesting you, you mentioned the, like, being on the subway and being late. That, that to me, I, I like the skill we use because I have a hard time in those situations where I'm going to be late with, again, the control thing, which is why oh, yeah. I, bike, I bike and walk everywhere. Mm-hmm. And this is an example that I think will be interesting as far as how we can reframe things. So getting around Istanbul in general when I lived there caused me no shortage of stress because it's just the most unpredictable city in the planet. And so there's really no point. You can leave half an hour earlier than you did last time and it'll take you two hours more. Or you can leave two hours later than you did last time and you can get there half an hour earlier. There's just no rhyme or reason. And so... I decided that to make sure that I just didn't get anxious about going anywhere at any time that I would find a, you know, a solution. And my solution was that I started taking Uber XLs and Uber XLs were these vehicles in Istanbul that you could take. They were like big oversized limos that weren't really very expensive at all. Basically, basically, no, they weren't limos. They were huge vans that had seating on either side, but because Istanbul is delightfully lawless, you could just bring whatever you wanted into the caps into the vehicle. So literally, if we were going over to the Asian side and we didn't want to deal with everything, we would just pile in like five or six of us, bring a whole bunch of booze into the Uber XL, and then just have the two-hour trip there with it, like with loud music. And nobody cared because we were having a good time. Some people did almost pee their pants, but other than that, you know, other than that, it was great. And and this was this brilliant workaround because I took something which caused me anxiety, which was being stuck in the back of a taxi in traffic, not seeing any sign out of it or whatever, to piling into a vehicle with all my friends and having a great time and being like, I don't care when I get there because I've created a destination on the way there. <laughs> I mean, you basically just turned Uber into like a party bus app. Yes. And and for anyone going to Istanbul, I don't think they do those anymore. I think the, the taxi commission there got really frustrated with, I think, the amount of... With Chris Mitchell specifically? Yeah, did you see the the large scale protests against Chris Mitchell's Uber XL? <laughs> That's why he had to flee. Exactly in the night, actually in the <laughs> night. The taxi community there is very strong. But anyways, that is obviously not going to be a situation that's highly applicable to everyone who <laughs> listens. I don't expect anybody really to be like, "Oh, I got it." But what I'm trying to um, to point out really is that sometimes we can beautifully reframe something, which takes something that causes you like. I don't know, indefinite and frustrating anguish and turn that into something positive. So I always look for places that I can do that in in my life. I, I can't imagine I'll find, like it was a little bit easier in Istanbul where things were, there was more gray area. Toronto and, and Canada in general spends, tends to be a little bit more black and white as far as what you can do in that regard. Yeah. But anyways, I'm not sure this 
uh, leads back to being on time. I think this is getting more into a, a conversation of how to take advantage of societies. So I think I'd be better just pull back. <laughs> yeah, I have so much anxiety about being late due to public transportation that in Sofia, I often take taxis because it's cheap right now. And like the COVID context is just like, well, I'm only around one set of germs rather than like a whole day's worth of germs and it's cheap and I'm lazy and I love a good I love a good life hack so the other thing too of course is that you think about like if if time is valuable to you Mm -hmm. I, I was the same when I took public transit I would leave really early actually like you and it wasn't because I was necessarily really scared about being late although that obviously has a lot to do with it but it was also because I wanted to be able to at least somewhat enjoy getting there as much as we could on a subway. And Mm -hmm. I knew that leaving 10 minutes earlier would allow me a pleasant 40 minutes getting there. And, you know, as as opposed to leaving 10 minutes later, in which case that 40 minutes would literally be terrible. Oh, yeah. Um, Just anguish the entire time. Exactly. Right. It's like, yeah. You know, uh, what's that phrase about like an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure? Like, that's how I feel with time as well is like, I would so much rather preemptively save myself 10 minutes than be anguishing. Can you use anguish as a verb? I am Um, Um, in anguish, then be in anguish for all those all that time after those 10 minutes that you say that you were actually late for, you know? Mm -hmm. So for me, it's just a matter of like, I will be much happier if I'm early than if I'm late. And I, so I do my best to leave early. And I think also I should note that I feel like there's like sort of different rules depending on the destination. I think if you're just going over to a friend's house just to chill and there's nothing like specific on the agenda, then I don't think time matters so much as long as like you communicate it like I think that's kind of one of those things that kind of has a slightly moving goalpost because like the other person's just at home chilling so if you're like hey it's gonna be like 15 minutes more than I thought sorry it's it's fine because the person didn't have to leave their house they're just waiting for you to show up you know you're not like ruining their day but like if you're meeting somewhere out in public that's when I get extremely anxious about being on time. So like if it's a good friend and we have a rapport and, you know, I'm meeting them at their place and some time gets pushed back a little bit, that's never a problem with me um, as long as it's, you know, within reason. But when it's outside the house, there's very small windows that I operate in before getting extremely anxious, namely five minutes. Yeah. (laughs) On minute six, I'm like... Chaos, catastrophe, disaster. Yeah. <laughs> what is exactly. befallen me? <laughs> <laughs> and that's when you start writing the Shakespearean act again. Like act exactly. four. Allison late in taxi. <laughs> yeah. Waiting for Allison, the sequel to Waiting for Godot. <laughs> As thy driver turned back <laughs> towards me. Um <laughs> I don't even know how I I'm not sure where that was going. Yeah, but you there went was, there with a lot even, of commitment. Yeah, I mean, but it was more like the dialogue there wasn't even terribly Shakespearean. It was more just like I used a pseudo-Victorian voice, which I don't even know. It's one of our staple voices on this podcast. If you've been on this ride for 21 episodes, that voice might be giving you a strange sense of comfort and familiarity at this point. Yeah, a little bit of deja vu. Like, oh, Chris and Allison are doing that Victorian thing again. Got it. (laughs) Where's the patronizing inner bro, though? He's been taking a break. I haven't That's been true. doing that to you, Chris. I'll have to Classic bring back. Classic patronizing in a bro. Um, <laughs> so, so I actually wanted to talk Why are you a little late, bit. Man? Can't handle oh. being on time. <laughs> I'm, I'm upset you brought him back out. I was trying to transition. <laughs> I, I was. I'm waiting to transition into like a like a deep like a deeper. We're gonna dive a little bit deeper into it. And I feel like I was about to dive into the water. I was ready to jump in, and then the patronizing in a bro just made fun of my physique and now I'm off to diving. <laughs> Putting a t-shirt on and being like, yeah. I know I'm pasty. <laughs> there hasn't been much sun. <laughs> oh gosh. In all seriousness, uh, I'm back on the diving board now. So I would like to dive back in. I want us to talk just a little bit and I don't know whether either of us are going to have an answer to this because this is just something that came to my mind on the fly. I'm just curious, like both of us are really anxious about being late. 
what do you think it is about being late itself that makes us so anxious? Like that, that's what I, I'm curious yeah. about exploring. I don't know if I know the answer yet. So I'm going to pass it on to you and see your answer and yeah. then just take threads of it and then pretend it was my answer. I think for me, I have a fairly easy answer. It's like my social anxiety. I'm worried about what the other person is going to think of me because I know how I feel when someone's late. And therefore I worry that someone's going to feel like that about me. And if I'm too late, like think that I'm a terrible person and like cut me out, you know? And I just don't like the feeling that I'm disrespecting someone's time. Even if it's like, I'm not actually disrespecting their time. There are just like circumstances that arose that I could not control. And, Mm -hmm. but I'm worried that the person will read it as disrespect. And it's also just the sensation of being stuck in a present moment that you exert like no influence over. It's always a frustrating feeling when you're like, you're in a situation, you know exactly what the situation is, but there is nothing that you can do to change the outcome of the situation besides change your thoughts. And when you're anxious, sometimes you just want to wallow like a pig in mud in your own dirty thoughts. Not those (laughs) kinds of dirty thoughts, but like, you know, like self-defeating, self-deprecating thoughts, that kind of dirty. (laughs) I was really with the pig in mud metaphor and did not realize what I I was saying. That was perfect. But I do like how you've, you've really been treading a little bit of water in the in the sexual undertone pool this yeah episode. i don't know what's going on with me i don't understand yeah. it <laughs> no one understands it but this is why we're here you know to, to to really put it all out there and then let our to let our listeners really decide what's wrong with us um <laughs> paging dr freud yeah freud uh she's mentioned something oddly sexual again pig and mud <laughs> and dirty thoughts um <laughs> I I guess I'll just tack on a little bit to at least speak a little bit to what you're saying. I know I said before that I was just going to take things from your answer and make them my own, but I do think they're actually really, we, we do have a similar view on this. I do feel like I get really stressed out that I'm not a good enough friend or a good enough person or all of these things. And I think in my head, I try to do the little things really well because these are things I can be certain about. So I know that for me, being a good friend means showing up on time and trying to reach out and do all those little things well. And so that's what I try to do because sometimes I can be unsure if I'm doing the big things well. And kind of to bring that point further, I actually think that the older I get, the more I realize that the little things are the big things. Um, The people who show up on time every time and they're always there for me and do these little things... I've unconsciously decided that these people really care about me. And so I have no problem whatsoever if somebody shows up five minutes late once or whatever. And in fact, like you messaging me or whatever, being, saying you're five minutes late would be laughable, right? Because I know you're actually going to be 12 minutes early. But <laughs> it's, it's the person who shows up half an hour later, an hour later, whatever, every single time that you start to get really frustrated. And I think it has a lot to do with those patterns, right? Like I want to make sure that I'm... I know I'm not going to be perfect as a person. I know I'm not going to do the right thing every time. So I want to make sure that I do those little things well so I can communicate in little ways like, hey, just in case you're ever not sure, I really care about you. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, good. I'm happy we got there. Is there a place you want to take this next or do you want me? I have one thing. So one thing I really um, that really stresses me out as well is My husband and I have very different ideas of like when we are departing for things, not to like a scheduled event where we have something, but like planning to go to the market, we're planning to go do something that doesn't have like a fixed departure time. For my husband, it's like as soon as he knows that that's the plan, he wants to leave like immediately like he wants to like be out the door before his shoes are even on he just wants to go (laughs) I need my time to like you know brush my hair like do my things just do a couple things in my mind we're not late because there's no agreement with anyone to do anything you know like it's just our own schedules but it's just something kind of a funny dynamic that I've noticed that when I was mentioning to him earlier like what our our episode topic was he got like this like evil little smile on his face like are you gonna talk about this and I'm like 
being on time to me, it didn't seem like related until he brought it up. And then I was like, oh yeah, that's totally a thing. I don't like feeling rushed and I hate the anxiety when you know you're going to be late or when you're rushing to get out on time as Mm -hmm. well. That's something that is like where maybe you got a little lost in something and you've realized it and you're trying to rectify your mistake. I hate that feeling. I hate the feeling of trying to like really quickly get out of the house and get something done. But you're always remembering like one last thing, one last thing. Oh, I need the key. Oh, I need to, you know, turn on the dishwasher. Oh, I need this and that. I hate those moments and the stress that I feel getting out the door sometimes. There's a similar dynamic there with Bree and I, but I, it's mostly because I I'm just can be ready to go out the door quickly. And I think mentally I just move on to the next thing. And it's also because of that propensity that I have to, in some ways, uh, I'm getting better at this, but for a long time, I kind of always would be in this state where the next thing was going to be the thing I was looking forward to. So like, you know, it, it would be, it'd be like a strange situation where like I would be at home and then like the next thing would be like, I'm excited to go to the party. And mm-hmm. then I get, go to the party and then we get there. And like, then the next thing was like, I'm going to have a beer. And then the next thing was like, and when I used to smoke, you know, I'd be like, then it's like, then I'm going to really enjoy that cigarette later. And then, and it was almost like, it was like a, it was, it was a constant yardstick of like, oh, and then I'm going to enjoy this. And then I'm going to enjoy this. And then I'm going to enjoy this. And it's just interesting. I think I've like tried to reconceptualize that and and be more in the present. And that that's made me a little bit less anxious to leave right away. As far as what you were talking about, with like these tasks, which like sort of you, you want to get going or you're scared you're going to be late, but then you have these things that you feel like you have to get done. It reminded me of this section of the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey, which I will be up front in saying it's a book I don't really like at all. Um, I find that <laughs> book, I've, it's, it, I read that book in like in my, when I was in this like sprint of reading entrepreneurial books and it was not one of my favorites to be honest with you. But that being said, there was one kind of interesting thing that, that, that did stick with me and that's the notion of, of separating the, like, the difference between what's urgent and what's important. And there can be five things, which I think I have that feel urgent to me that I have to do before I go, but I have to pause and be like, wait, are these things actually important? And thus like, are these things actually urgent? And to extend that further, I was listening to an episode of the Tim Ferriss podcast, Tim Ferriss show with Guy Raz and Guy Raz is the host of the podcast, how I built this. And Guy Raz openly also suffers from anxiety and depression. And he was talking about how he was going through this particularly difficult period. And he started to write down in a journal all the things that he was really worried about. And he said like one night he couldn't sleep at all. And he made this huge list of all the things that he was like, he felt were like terribly urgent and and important and that were sort of crippling him. And he checked his notebook three months later and, and none of those things mattered. And so, so I think for me, that was a really interesting sign that I struggle at times to separate the difference between things that need to be done and that, that I want to be done with, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. It 100% does. Yeah. Because, and that's, I think this is the exact same for you. Like I, it may not need to get done, but unfortunately I've tethered myself to it so closely Mm -hmm. that until it's done, I won't be able to relax. Yeah. And the and the real thing is I just need to take deep breaths and realize and untether myself as opposed to doing it. And Bree doesn't know what I'm working on too, right? So like it can be a situation where I say I need to get it done and she trusts me and we end up 10 minutes late. But really it's my responsibility to actually understand that whatever I had deemed as important uh, and put that intense urgency on, probably maybe it was urgent, but like, does it matter? Like it probably doesn't matter. Like in the sense of like, I'm going to send this, I need to send that email. Well, it may feel urgent and may be urgent, but I can probably send it tomorrow. So it wasn't important. You know what I mean? Exactly. I struggle with that as well, just because I have no system. So, and the memory of a goldfish. So things feel very (laughs) urgent when they come into my head, because it's just like a bubble that's about to pop. And then it's like, it never existed. So it's like, must collect all thoughts and act upon them immediately. 
And that's why I'm such a horrible, like, multitasker who has, like, seven different projects, like, running simultaneously, partially completed tasks, because if I remember something I have to do in the middle of a task, I need to at least start the task and have, like, the tabs open both, like, literally on my computer, but also metaphorically in my brain. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know, that's just kind of how I work. And so it can sometimes make me late for things um because i'm just like i don't like to leave something in a state of being unfinished because there's a very good chance that it's not gonna dawn on me to fully finish it well th think about today for example because you and i are both self-directed we can easily sort of change course and then chase it fully so like we were messaging back and forth and then I don't know what you were doing or I was doing, but all of a sudden we dropped everything for an hour to try and figure out this contact form, right? The horse. And it's like, the, the right? Fucking and horse. Yeah. And that's why the fucking horse picture that was on our we gotta share this horse picture in the in our Facebook group, by the way, just so people who didn't see the contact page can see it. <laughs> but uh, but anyways, it's one of those things where what whatever deadlines we had predisposed for ourselves all of a sudden, like the urgency of us needing to fix this issue, it didn't really matter what else was going to be later, delayed or whatever, because <laughs> that but, horse not, had to go, that horse had to go. But I'm not even saying that's a bad decision. Because realistically, if we didn't drop everything and deal with it, then like, would that horse ever have gotten moved off that page? No. Probably not. <laughs> no, and that's, you know, that's one of the downsides of working from what I call it, just putting out fires and crisis management as opposed to like, you know, being structured and methodical. But hey, you your brain works the way it works, you know, and you can try to create structures for yourself and follow them. But at the same time, you also are going to kind of just go with wherever your brain leads you. So you kind of just have to run with it. And sometimes you just got to drop everything and take down the horse. Yeah, exactly. You got to take down the horse collectively. I, I, I think, though, what you're saying is true. And there's there's some balance there. Like you need to provide enough structure and scaffolding for yourself that you can utilize the way your brain works. But also you need to respect the fact that I know both of us well enough now and, I, and probably our listeners do too, to know that Neither of us were going to be able to go back to what we were doing previously before anyways with any real conviction because we would both, even if we were working on something else, we'd both still be thinking about this damn horse in contact form, right? <laughs> so in, this, in this case- Which had like, been was, existing without a thought for exactly. like months and months and months, but as soon exactly. as- <laughs> Once, once we were made aware of it, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like that for, for me, there could be a noise that's ongoing for six months, but if somebody mentions it and then I have to sleep in that room, even though the noise never bothered me before, it's like, because I'm aware of it, it's like, now I got to be anxious about it. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that fun? So we are kind of gone a good distance with this so far. And I know we're trying to keep this reasonably succinct. But I did want to, as long as you didn't have anything really glaring that you want to bring up, and, and you may, which is totally cool, and you can we can definitely move forward with that in a second. But if you don't, I was thinking we can move forward into a sort of wrap-up helpful tip zone where we talk about just potential strategies for, for people who might be anxious about being on time like us. Um, which way do you want to take it? Uh, yeah, I'm ready to move on because like 20 minutes ago, I had a thought that was like that felt so compelling, and then goldfish style, it just vanished so i'll probably remember like two months later and be like the thought that could have been the observation <laughs> there could have been i don't know why i became like a character for blame miz all of a sudden did you just start a musical <laughs> i think i just started a musical i think i'm coming for anne hathaway's job sorry wow. girl i've got I better bone like structure that. than you just kidding she has the best bone structure ever <laughs> I don't know where to take that because uh, you just started singing and then and then the bone structure comment as well to boot. Um, it's a weird place. Let's just move along into helpful it's tips. Yeah, I don't really okay, have cool. any helpful tips except leave early. Okay. <laughs> and give yourself go. like, you know, uh, a five to ten minute grace period to 
not beat yourself up or beat up others. I think depending on transportation methods and just general life stuff, like you have to be willing to give people like that five to 10 minute window, especially if they're taking public transit or you are in a city with notoriously bad traffic or you're meeting up with someone who has a kid, like you got to give them that like five to 10 minute window and you got to give that to yourself as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that it's well said. And, and that's like, that's a practical tip. If if you don't want to, uh, you know, if you don't want to be put in that position, leave a little bit earlier. As somebody with ADHD, uh, for sure, I just can be, it can be difficult for me to leave on time. I'm, I'm kind of perennially eight to 12 and live for everything in life. But because of that, you know, I've gotten better at starting whatever nonsensical procedure to leave that's going to take eight to 12 minutes earlier. So in my head, like the process from me getting up from my desk to leaving is just takes like, I don't know, a minute or two, but realistically, you know, turning lights off, making sure Kotu's all right, making sure he's fed, you know, filling up a water bottle, whatever it is. Like I've started to accept that things take time and that can be a big that can be a big blind spot for people with ADHD is, is like really underestimating the fact that things do take time, even though they're not significant, they still can take time. Yeah. I struggle with this as well. Just task organization and management and just like always underestimating by just a couple minutes, like one or two minutes here or there, how long something's going to take to wrap up. But then suddenly that can be like 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and so my helpful tip is really just for, for people, you know, just to realize the, in this case, go ahead and catastrophize it and figure out what the worst case scenario is, because there really isn't one, unless it's for a wedding or an important meeting or whatever. Most of the time we're stressing, like we're late for a wedding, but we're late for something inconsequential. And that's not to say your friends are inconsequential. But it is to say that, you know, they're understanding for the most part. My track record is not typically someone who's late for those sorts of things. So I think people would understand where I'm coming from. But in this case, it does help me to catastrophize and just actually, okay, let me follow that to its end conclusion. And this is uh, actually, I think, an exercise they do with uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, mm-hmm. yeah. which is like, is, is like you imagine the worst case scenario of the situation, right? So it's like, let's mm-hmm. say, okay, I'm freaking out right now because I'm going to be 12 minutes late. What's the worst case scenario? Well, let's say it's a friend I'm meeting on Friday for, for a drink or two. And this is true. He's an old friend of mine. If I'm 12 minutes late for that, the worst case scenario is he makes a fun-loving jab at me and we laugh and order a beer. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, that's the worst case scenario. So like, it's almost like in that case, the blank space and the undefined sort of catastrophe and feeling is taking over the reality, right, yeah. of, of that situation. Yeah, I have a quote, actually, is one of my favorite quotes from a book I read called The Antidote by Oliver Berkman. I've referenced it a couple times. It's a book about stoicism and anxiety. Mm-hmm. But the quote is, confronting the worst case scenario saps it of much of its anxiety inducing power. Happiness reached via positive thinking can be fleeting and brittle. Negative visualization generates a vastly more dependable calm. So by that, he means like, don't just like be like, good vibes only and just think that only good things can Mm -hmm. happen, but actually like explore very viscerally and visually what that negative worst case scenario would be. And ask yourself honestly, well, is it really that bad? And so just sort of learning to not force optimism. Yeah. And not even like pushing away those like negative some sort of thoughts sometimes or like that catastrophization, if that's even a word, can be can be more damaging because you're not even confronting it. That's a very apt quote. I don't know if you had that on the ready, yeah. but I, I'm struggling. I do, to actually. Think. It's from, uh, I have a post about traveling with an anxiety disorder and I have that okay. in there. So I just quickly pulled up that post. That's um, fantastic. And I, and that's, that was great. That was a, that was yeah. a very, very poignant and, and uh, helpful addition to that. I have one more quote by him also from the same book. Um, So he's talking about the difference between stoicism and the so-called cult of optimism, which, you know, if he's using the word cult, probably not a big fan. But he says that 
For the Stoics, the ideal state of mind was tranquility, not the excitable cheer that positive thinkers usually seem to mean when they use the word happiness. And tranquility was to be achieved not by strenuously chasing after enjoyable experiences, but by cultivating a kind of calm indifference towards one's circumstances. So I really like that as well, just not constantly chasing happy and being upset every moment that you aren't happy. Because like, it's not logical to expect that you'll always be happy. That's just like not something that is possible. Because like, Mm -hmm. happiness can only exist by contrast, like every experience in the world, you'll never know what it is to be full if you don't know what it is to be hungry and vice versa. And so striving towards more of a state of neutrality, and being okay with neutral zones and neutral thoughts is more reliable than relentlessly pursuing positivity. And being okay with whatever the outcome may be will, in the end, actually make you happier than focusing on your own happiness, basically. Yeah, I think that's very well said. And it's actually really interesting you brought that up because it's related, but I I wasn't sure I was going to mention it. But there's a a meditation teacher or just, um, just an interesting guy it's tethered he's tethered to i guess buddhism in in some way but his name is joseph goldstein and i've listened to a lot of his sort of spoken meditation and the phrase he uses is not be happy he he always says may you be at ease mm-hmm. oh, um, i like that so it's like it's not like um it's it's never about like it's never like i hope you're i hope you're doing well and happy it's like i hope i like i hope that you're at ease Mm-hmm. I think that's a that's a healthier way to look at it, right? Because happy it's a difficult place to always be in, whereas tranquility or ease seems more attainable, doesn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Because happiness it's dependent kind of on a circumstance going your way, right? It's mm-hmm. dependent on you getting your desired outcome, whereas tranquility is being okay with the outcome, whether or not it necessarily results in what you wanted, basically. At least how I more... interpret happiness, personally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's it's the reason I like it is mostly because it forces us to focus on the, the understanding of the, the present moment. That Most of our life is just constructing meaning out of the present moment, and that's, that's yeah. about the size of it. And so it's difficult you know, sometimes for sure I can interpret things that are going on and be happy, but I think it's at least, um, it's perhaps more attainable just to try and look at the present moment and think, I'll be comfortable with this if I can find some ease in this moment. And mm-hmm. that also reflects the fact that the world is is deeply unpredictable. And um, I don't know, it, it, perhaps just it's a better neutral to be in, right? Because I, yeah. I, I don't want to feel like I get a piece of news and and that oh, I have to be happy about this, but but perhaps I can just at least try to digest it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think that's uh, I think it's a really good note to end on actually for yeah. for this. And I will just happily kind of shift it into our last section here at ease. Um, <laughs> that joke didn't hit at all, but uh, <laughs> it's okay. I'm at ease with it. <laughs> I'm actually at ease with it, Allison. Okay, I'm not, I don't need it. I'm not dependent on your response for my happiness. Um, so, aren't you though? Aren't you though, you little praise squirrel? <laughs> well, that's my next tattoo. Praise <laughs> so, just to kind of tie a bow on this here, I'd love to just chat with you. I know it hasn't been the easiest week, probably for for either of us. Uh, but um, that being said, there there really is always a silver lining in some regard, um, or at least one thing that we can prop up as you being proud of. Um, so I'd love to know in the last week, what was that thing for you that you thought, I think I handled this well, or I think this went well, or anything in between? Yeah, um, well, it was a hard week for sure with the news about RBG and what that inevitably means for uh, American democracy and just general life stuff without getting too much into politics. Politics gives me a lot of anxiety, so it was very challenging to sort of see what had happened and just accept that I had no control over the outcome, especially like living abroad. I can't like go protest. I can like email a couple senators and be like, hey, don't be a hypocritical dick. But like, you know, that doesn't feel like enough action when you feel so terrified. 
so that was a little bit of a challenge, but I kind of just like let myself have like my like day of just like profound mourning where like I could cry as much as I wanted. I didn't have a single expectation of myself except making it to the end of the day. And I let myself have that and do that. I feel better now. And I guess just my patting myself on the back is just, you know, there are going to be days where something is just so bad that you can no longer have what you expected of the day be a reality, right? And there are days where you just have to sort of give in to that and loosen up your expectations of the day and just be like, oh, this day doesn't count. It's a cheat day, but like emotionally, you know? And I think it's important to give yourself those like emotional cheat days, not so often, but you know, in times of like great crisis or great loss, I think being easy on yourself and just letting yourself like feel your feelings to their feelingest is important. <laughs> so feel I your guess, feelings to the feelingest. Yes, I'm gonna. That's my next tattoo. <laughs> my first and only <laughs> tattoo. <laughs> I don't have any tattoos. I have five. Um, I don't that's know. Do you know that? Uh, I knew you had several. Okay. But yeah, I feel like it's almost like. I feel like everyone has tattoos now, so I feel like it makes me more weird that I don't have tattoos. Oh, okay. So you're saying I am deeply unoriginal? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm just saying I think that it's more uncommon nowadays to not have tattoos than it is to have tattoos, just statistically. I'm not trying to call you a basic bitch, but I'm just um, I'm just observing. I didn't even use those words, Allison. You you really <laughs> upped the ante there. <laughs> well, you took on a very defensive tone. When like, it was it was a joking defensive tone, but after okay. I said it, I was like, I wonder if Allison thinks I'm legit. Like, actually, like, what are you trying to say? Huh? I um, kind of did because you know how I am with like my literality. I was just like, oh God, oh God, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've offended Chris, the guy I've done 21 episodes with, and we've. Uh, had fake jabs back and forth hundreds of times this How one really took forward? it over the edge <laughs> yeah yeah finally this is the one that the, the, the little jab you, i called him a tattoo however yes oh, no no but or a four minutes bitch. ago you called me a praise squirrel and <laughs> and then and three minutes later you, you'll mildly insinuate that i might be you know a part of the of the big i, I was not a terribly unoriginal for having a tattoo in the first place and then it's like you know, I, I think I'd probably go if I was going to get upset. I would go. I would choose the praise squirrel, but um, I quite liked it. So I think I branded you pretty well. I think that's on brand, one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I think I'll give you the fact that if you mentioned, if I went ahead and mentioned to Bree that that you did call me a praise squirrel uh, in the previous episode, I don't think she'd be wholly shocked. Um, yeah. No. So so there you go. I guess, uh, is this where Oh yeah, this I is where I should and, ask you. Yeah, after what are you, uh, yeah. calling me a basic bitch and a praise girl. Okay, please go <laughs> ahead. Please, please. Yeah. <laughs> so Chris, what are you patting yourself on the back for? What's your What's your acorn of the week? Um, so, oh, damn you. Um, so, <laughs> I, <laughs> so actually what I'm patting myself on the back for is that I had an episode released this week on the Overcoming Distractions podcast, which is for people with ADHD who are looking to, it's basically the guest has people on who have ADHD and who have actually kind of used it for good and, and, and had that, that what could be construed as something which would disable them, uh, enable them. And so I did an episode talking about entrepreneurship and ADHD on the Overcoming Distractions podcast. And I, we can include a link in the show notes. I just put an article up on my portfolio site with a link to the actual episode. So if you, uh, like me, have ADHD and anxiety, just this really beautiful cocktail of uh, fun and panic, um, then I would recommend giving that episode a listen. But anyways, I, to be totally frank, was was hesitant, even in starting this podcast, because it means that I'd have to admit certain things about myself and put my guard down, but I realized more and more, I'm realizing that I am who I am. And, and actually real strength is talking openly about, about the person I am and maybe allowing that to help others. And that, uh, and then that's true strength. And then the other thing too, of course, the second, the second part of that is, you know, I spent so much of my life before this creating 
voices of damnation for all the things I'm doing wrong and, and all this kind of stuff. And, and those voices aren't real. I created them, you know? And so I'm trying to do better at hearing the voice that's telling me these sorts of things and just honestly, just being like, I'm going to recognize that that voice is speaking and just really give it the finger and tell, you know, and, and just not listen at all to it. So I think that's just another step forward for me in this journey and um, and just realize that I never was striving for, for, for perfection and I never was going to achieve perfection anyway. So why not talk about what makes me who I am and with the goal of helping other people be who they are. Nice. I love yeah. to give that episode a listen because I don't hear your voice enough. Yes, I know. We don't really <laughs> communicate very much. It's been, no. it's been no, tough. I have a real dearth of Chris in my life. Yeah, since since the pandemic started, it's like I'm just like I wonder what's even going on with uh, yeah with Allison. If, if only we could chat like I don't know one hour to one hour and fifteen minutes a week about all the things going on in our lives, it, it would be a little yeah. easier. If only we could record that for the world to hear. Yeah, I think that that would might, that might make a good podcast. I'm just saying. Some I of the think things we about. should start a podcast, Chris. Is that crazy? <laughs> okay. No, it's not crazy. What do you want to call it? <laughs> Um, I think we should call it I'm Anxious About. What do you think about that? Oh, sweet. I think it's okay. a great name. Okay, let's move forward. Cool. With it. <laughs> oh, live <sighs> from the future. No. Exactly. Yeah. And then we just signed at the same time, too. If that is not destined to be a co-host moment, uh, I don't know what it is. We, we even sigh at the same time now, Allison. Oh, dear. I don't know. Should, should we be concerned about this? Or do we need help with this? <laughs> we might need a little help. We might need more activities in our life. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but what you don't need is more content to edit. So no. <laughs> let's wrap this up with a nice little bow to save myself some time tomorrow when I am rushing under the wire like I'm a college student writing a essay at the last minute, which surprisingly for someone who hates being late, I had zero problem with writing my essays all in like the last hour before they were due. But, you know, yep. Me that's too, actually. anxiety logic for you. But thank you so <laughs> much for listening. And uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope that you are not listening to it while on your way to something that you unexpectedly got late to. And if you were, we hope that we were some calm in that journey. So have a great weekend i guess or whenever the hell you're listening to this enjoy <laughs> and yeah. we'll catch you next week yeah thanks so much guys and uh i don't know if it's for sure gonna go through but you might be able to listen to me talk about i'm anxious about um sunday at 7 30 a.m on uh cbc show fresh air but again i'm talking to producers in uh six minutes um so i'll know more then but thank you guys everybody whether it happens or not we're happy you listened today and we'll catch you next week Great. Thanks so much. Bye, guys.